Listener supported. WNYC Studios. This is all of it from WNYC. I'm Allison Stewart. We continue our Black History Month conversations with two people who will be at the Schomburg on February 12th. Emory University professor Dr. Carita L. Brown and artist Charlie Palmer. You may have seen some news about Palmer recently. He is the artist behind this year's USPS Black Heritage Series stamp. The stamp features Palmer's portrait of civil rights lawyer Constance Baker Motley, known for helping draft Brown v. Board of Education, and she was a federal judge here in New York City as well as Manhattan Borough President. Charlie Palmer's work is also seen throughout the book he and his wife, Professor Brown, will be discussing at the Schomburg next week. It's called The New Brownies Book, A Love Letter to Black Families. The book looks back at the work of W.E.B. Du Bois, specifically when he launched a children's magazine called The Brownies Book in 1920. It featured photos, plays, stories, and including the first ever published poem by a young Langston Hughes. Now Brown and Palmer have reimagined the magazine and celebrated its history with a book. They write in the book, like Du Bois, we invited some of the most talented black artists and writers of our time to contribute original works, from short stories, artwork, and poetry to plays, as a personal expression of their resounding love for you, the children of the sun. When we spoke with Brown and Palmer about the new Brownies book, I asked Carita Brown how she first came across W.E.B. Du Bois's original magazine. Oh, my goodness. So I've been researching Du Bois's sociology for over a decade because I am a tried and true academic and I was working on a book about W.E.B. Du Bois's sociological works. Um, that was a book that was five years in the making. And while in his archives, I found these letters that it, where Du Bois was reaching out to literati of the Harlem Renaissance and uh, pretty much begging for work. He would reach out to L- Nella Larson and mm-hmm. Hilda Rue Wilkerson and Zora No Hurston saying, I need a piece of your original work, some of your best work, so that our children may know that they are thought about and loved for the Brownies book. And it was there that I said, well, what's this Brownies book? And it took me down this rabbit hole, and I found out about this publication that ran for a year and a half that was just an American treasure. Charlie, you're an artist. You're someone who deals in images and aesthetics. What struck you about the aesthetic and the artistic vision of the original? You know, it, it, once you have a chance, and we've only had a chance to see an actual um the cover that is actually uh, on exhibit right now at the New York uh, Central Library. And it was like breathtaking because it was still in like quality uh, of, of like as far as the quality of it, reproduction. But looking at it through a glass case, it still was breathtaking. Um, what we from the very beginning has thought about was stay true to the, the mission of Du Bois. And so uh, it was one of those things that we realized sitting down and talking, meaning Karita and I, we knew a lot of artists. We knew a lot of writers. We knew a lot of Black folks doing amazing things out there. Let's bring this back. Because when Du Bois walked away from this project because he could no longer afford it, Mm. he thought about it for years after. And there's evidence there are actual letters where he's addressing that he wished he could have complete continued it or that he's thinking about revisiting it. 
Karita, in the books, in the in the magazines, in the issues, there's a declaration. What kind of things did Du Bois want to instill in black children and all children, but specifically ours, as he says, mm-hmm. in the 1920s? Oh, well, he said that he wanted the Brownies book to be a thing of beauty and love and joy. He wanted to instill in all children, but especially black children, that black people have done things of note and contributed greatly, not only to this country, but to the world. He wanted to instill in them pride in themselves and joy, also a sense of honor and dignity, not only in dealing with themselves, but in interactions with others. The book was truly rooted in joy. Mm -hmm. He wanted to... um, Uh, celebrate that, but also cultivate it within the young spirits of Black children. And this was revolutionary at the time. Why? Because, again, it was the first periodical to feature uh, uh, Black children in a positive light. And you can imagine what the media representation of Black people was at that time. And I dare say we can look at, revisit that now. And it's still an issue why we, which is why we decided to revive mm-hmm. this peer, this book. Um, but it was so important for black children to be able to see themselves in a positive light, but also in a broad range so that they understood you're not in a box. You can be anything. Charlie, when you all decided to to revive this and to rethink it and bring it into 2023, what was your pitch to other contributors? We mentioned that <laughs> no that Du Bois had to pitch like, "Hey, Langston Hughes, you know, give me some more." You know like Karita said it again, it was like, "Don't do that." Uh, <laughs> always talks about Du Bois begging. Like, you know what? I can imagine this if Obama reached out to me and said, "Charlie, I won't need your best painting for this thing." You think I'm gonna say no? <laughs> no. So it's like this idea he did, and he made it very clear: I'm gonna need your very best. Mm-hmm. And I need you to contribute so these children know that they are loved. And like what we discovered and what's touched my heart the most is quite honestly, Allison, I was a little nervous about this asking a favor. We did compensate each artist and writer a little bit, mm-hmm. but it was like, I'm just afraid of the rejection, but let me do it anyway, because this is important to me. And I've since learned that there've been a couple of artists that I really admire who, who kind of came back with, if you're going to ask, Charlie Palmer is going to ask me for this, I'm going to give you my very best. And that really hmm. almost like when we did our book, book launch, I literally, I was in tears because I didn't know artists felt that way about me. I didn't know that hmm. the friends of writers felt that way about me. That's lovely to know. Um, yeah. Karita, I, I sort of jumped over the asking people to do things. What was the origin of, of your book? You found this great piece of information. That's a big jump from this beautiful book that I have on my desk. Yes. So um, so while in Du Bois's archive, again, um, my co-author and I, Jose Ixixan, we published this book, The Sociology of W.E.B. Du Bois. I was working on a chapter on Du Bois's public sociology. So all of his works that fell out of academia and out of his, you know, editorial work with the Crisis Magazine. And I found out that he was a poet, that Du Bois wrote pageants and plays, that he started a theater group, a black theater group right here in Harlem uh, in the 1930s. But I also found the original Brownies books and 
Library of Congress had the full run, the year and a half run of the original Brownies books at the Library of Congress. So that's how I was able to start the research Mm -hmm. on how the original Brownies book was uh, comprised, who was in it, what were the what was the structure, the flow, the spirit of the of the text, and we carried all of that legacy into the new Brownies book. So we, Charlie and I, very much feel like you know we are not the creators of this. We do not own this book. We were just the stewards. Our ancestor, the great Dr. W. E. B. Du Bois, wanted us to do this. So we um, we our job was really to just stay true to the spirit of the original and to incorporate that into this new Brownies book. So Allison, you'll see mostly new contributions, but there are also um, some pieces from the original Brownies book republished in this new book. My guests are Dr. Karita Brown. She's a professor at Emory University and Charlie Palmer is an artist. There are a couple. They are the stewards of the new book, The New Brownies Book, A Love Letter to Black Families, which is out now. The se- there are sections in the book that really address being seen. And the one that made me chuckle a little bit was there's a story called The Lactose Intolerance Club for Picky <laughs> Eaters by a UC ben- Santa Barbara professor named Waverly Duck. And it's about a kid who gets called a picky eater because he just can't do dairy. Um, and, you know, a large for- portion of black folks are lactose intolerant. Uh, mm. What did you think when you got that submission? That one just made me laugh out loud. I was like, this is the modern version of what, <laughs> you know? You know, so the, the, the beautiful thing, Allison, and, and Karita can address it because Waverly is more of her friend. Mm-hmm. But Waverly is funny as it is. No, Not no one, but we approached everyone with no true expectations and no direction. We wanted them to give their expression of thought, feeling, love. And so Waverly as like, I literally, and no no joke, every day I start my day by reading Dr. Uh, Mark, Marcus Anthony Hunter's Children of the Sun, Sun poem. And as I read it, every time it means something different mm-hmm. to me and there's a new revelation in it. But it's like, like Karina will say, again, a very close friend of hers is Marcus. And it's like, she didn't expect that from him. She's like, I didn't know you write, you wrote poetry. Mm-hmm. And so that's what happened over and over again. If people gave us love and however so, they chose to express it. So with, with Waverly Duck's piece, same thing. Like, you know, he's a professor, a serious business sociologist. You know, he, he, he writes very serious books. So I expected Waverly to contribute some sort of history lesson for children. When he came through with that lactose intolerance story, I fell out of my seat. I could not believe that <laughs> that he wrote that. And it was so much fun, so relatable. And when he starts talking about being up at night worrying that the tapeworm was moving through his belly, and he, I mean, it's, it's just hilarious. And to Charlie's point, all the pieces were like, Um, little Christmas gifts because we were surprised every time a new submission came through and we're like, I I didn't know that you could do this. All right. We've been joking about how Langston Hughes was this young guy, Langston Hughes, this nice poet. Um, This was the first place that his work was published. Is that true, Karita? That is absolutely true. So as a young man, um, Langston was just finishing high school, um, and he sent a few of uh, samples of his work to Dr. Du Bois. He 
thought enough of himself mm -hmm. that he thought one of the greatest intellectuals of his time and the editor of the Crisis magazine at the time should read his work. And Du Bois did. And he published Young Langston's first poems, a short play, and several, several short stories in the Brownies book. So in that way, this book, and again, it is an American treasure and an heirloom to all of us. It was also this launch pad for so many mm. young artists and authors. And we wanted to also con um, you know, continue that legacy through the new Brownies book. We have republished all of Langston Hughes's original pieces from the old Brownies book in the new Brownies book. And Allison, we've also ourselves made sure to publish some young art uh, authors and artists too as for their first publications in the new Brownies book. Let me read a quick Langston Hughes poem, and then we can talk about some of the artists in your book. This is from the Brownies book, April 1921, an April rain song. Let the rain kiss you. Let the rain beat upon your head with silver liquid drops. Let the rain sing you a lullaby with its pity pat. The rain makes still pools on the sidewalk. The rain makes running pools in the gutter. The rain plays a little sleep tune on our roof at night. And I love the rain. It's a beautiful poem, but, yeah. and, but simple. Yeah. Beautiful in, yeah. It, in its simplicity. And it, it shows that we all get our start somewhere. Mm -hmm. And it hopefully will encourage our young readers to know, hey, try your hand at something. We all have to start somewhere. Yeah. So one of the things I love is that like, uh, our youngest writer or author is Zoe Jones. She was four years old at the time. Uh, when the book arrived at her house and she saw Zoe Jones, she pointed to her mom. She's six now. And she says, look, someone has my name. And it's like, no, that's you. And what I love about the poem is the poem really represents what this book's about because it doesn't have a sad ending, but it has an honest ending. And it's a very short and simple poem. I'm going to have somebody figure out, do you know what page that's on? The Zoe Jones. <laughs> I was like, now, now I want to now I want to read Zoe Jones's poem. <laughs> yeah, it's the one about kisses. I'm gonna look it up and find it for you. Okay, I'm gonna say your names. I'll introduce really slowly. I'll buy a minute. We're talking about the new book, the new Brownies book, a love letter to Black families. It's out now. I'm speaking with Dr. Karita L. Brown and Charlie Palmer. We were just talking about a little girl Zoe, who is the youngest contributor to the book. And did we find her poem? Page 19. Would you read it? I will. Um, so Zoe Jones' poem is called Kisses Make Things Better, but sometimes they don't. Kisses make bad dreams better, but they don't make hard things feel soft. They make ouchies feel better, but kisses don't make cuts stop hurting. They don't make water safer, but they do make swimming fun. Kisses make things better that are sad but not everything that is bad. Because sometimes kisses make things better, but sometimes they don't. That's by Zoe Jones, age five. Now on the same page is one of your pieces of work, Charlie. Uh, it's called Her World. It's one of your paintings. Uh, would you describe it for us? Or the origin you of this painting? I'm, I'm, I'm indicating because we're in separate rooms. I'm it's like, it's like, the like, t-shirt. The t-shirt. So breathtaking image uh, done by a photographer. I reached out to the photographer and said, I love this image and I have this idea. Um, her world has 
the globe behind her head, which is an afro, but in it is a landscape of a river Mm -hmm. and a valley. And it's this whole idea that our children should know that the world is your oyster and that you should and could have it all, but go for it. And that's what it's really about. It's like really saying, you know, this is your world and make the best of it. There's a great painting. You have a lot of paintings of little, of, of small ones, of wee ones, of our youngest people. Um, this one is a crack up to me. <laughs> it's a picture of a little girl in a devil's outfit on Halloween. And she has her hands on her hips in the Superman pose, as a lot of people know about the Superman pose. And her little brother's behind her in like a Winnie the Pooh outfit, just looking like, oh, please give us a treat. <laughs> right. Um, you know what? That's such a, like, Allison, excuse me for it. Like, sure. But that, that is a short story that I wrote. That's a true story. Uh, because this child was really dressed up just like that. And so as we're going trick-or-treating mm-hmm. and the little, her brother or my other friend's child is dressed as Winnie the Pooh and everybody loved the Winnie the Pooh and no one had anything to say about the devil. <laughs> and so this child is like, I'm done. I want to go home. <laughs> and she finally says that line that everybody loves Winnie the Pooh, but nobody loves the devil. And I just broke out laughing. And it's, it's, like, and it's D-E-B-B-I-L. Nobody loved the devil. Right. Devil. Deeply. The devil. Right. right. <laughs> Charlie, why do you like what do you like about painting children? There's an innocence there. You know, mm-hmm. I was talking to Karita this morning about like I'm going back these days to old rock and roll love songs because there's an innocence there that we don't see enough of today. As we don't see when we come to the art environment as a whole, there's a story in the in the book called uh, I Don't Want to Be Black Anymore. And it's mm-hmm. like when I heard a friend of mine shared that story, Keith Cross and his wife. Uh, it was like, no one, um, our, our youth should not be worried anymore. They should be walking and moving safely in this world. But there's a target or seem like for on black people. And so for her to mm-hmm. say that is, I completely, solely understand that because I've experienced that since I was born and I'm sadly still experiencing it in 2021. There is a section dedicated to HBCUs, Carita. What went to that decision? Mm. Well, okay, because HBCUs are phenomenal, first of all, historically black colleges and universities. Um, W.E.B. Du Bois, his alma mater is Fisk University. Okay, so Charlie and I had the great opportunity to serve at Fisk for one academic year, and it was the year that we were producing uh, the Brownies book. So we took that opportunity to put together a uh, Fisk University editorial internship. Five interns worked with us all year to review every piece that came in for the Brownies book. Um, We read the works together. That's kind of how we ended up formulating the chapters Mm -hmm. uh, thematically. And the students were so wonderful and so inspired by the Brownies book that they each contributed an original work also to the Brownies book. So you'll see their publications in this book. But there's a chapter about HBCUs because we just think that every Black family should know about them. And it's a great discussion piece. So we've put forward a call to action in that section to, you know, we list 10 
we want you to list 10 more. Um, and then we have a selection of pieces by our HBCU students currently and from Du Bois's own daughter, Yolande Du Bois, who also is a Fisk alumni, who talked about her experience in the 20s at Fisk. So there's a lot going on there, but we just really want to encourage that conversation mm -hmm. and excitement and instill the importance and value of HBCUs. Now, Charlie, I don't want to tell tales on you, but you got a little gray in your beard. So uh, what was it, what did some of these students say that may have surprised you or opened your eyes in the editorial process? Or maybe you all had to have some conversations about things because you didn't necessarily agree. You know what? It's, it's, it's really fascinating. Like one of my favorite stories in here is written by my very best friend. Her name is Ida Harris. It's called Mama Sick. And it was fascinating just to watch these students respond to it because it's so vague in the end what happened to Mama. But I can tell you my personal experience because knowing Ida as long as I've known her and her talking about wanting to be a writer. And so as I'm reading this book, I could not, I mean, I'm sorry, reading this short story, mm -hmm. I couldn't make it through. I kept breaking down. I kept crying. And I, I lost my mom. She saw Obama get elected, but she didn't see him going to office. She passed of cancer. And so I'm like, I'm not sure if it's the pain of going through, watching someone trying to go through the struggle of cancer, or is it that my friend had a dream of being a writer, or is it that this is very good writing? But each every time, and then I revisited recently and cried again. And so it's that kind of thing. It's like we watch these students' interpretations and get inspired and say, I want to be a part of this. Karita, what was something the students said or brought up that was interesting or you hadn't thought about? You know what? It was one student who kind of checked Charlie a little bit, uh, Chase Malone. She was an intern who worked with us for one summer, uh, a Spelman student. And she was working with us at the very end of um, the the production of the book. We thought we were all finished. And Chase reviewed all the material and said, uh, there needs to be something in this book that really acknowledges the contributions of Black women because they're too often erased from history. Um, and I don't see enough representation in this book. And I said, oh, man, I thought we were finished with our work. Uh, but Chase uh, took the initiative to cultivate that list of 26 mm -hmm. black women that who we should all know. There is a um, um, game at the end of that chapter that uh, that does some trivia around them. Charlie created original line work for each woman and her challenge to us ended up becoming an, a, a whole new chapter in the Brownies book. So we are incredibly grateful to our HBCU interns, not only for pouring into this work, but also pushing back on us and challenging us to take it up a notch because the book is better because of them. You've mentioned the activities and some of the games and the calls to action. Charlie, how do you hope families use this book? You know, one of the things that you, uh, when you did the introduction, you read a statement about the meaning of the original Brownies book. And I really want to reiterate that, that this Brownies book is for all families, but especially us. And I think it's both for, it's for the generations, because there's, there's a little bit in here for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, but there's also, there's, there's joy, there's pain, um, there is uh, um, examining self, 
um, retrospective kind of, it's a kind of broad range of things. And so we hope that it's something there representing everyone. And then on some level, everyone will be able to make some kind of connection to this book. The name of the book? Even our, Oh, please, go ahead. I was just going to say, even our elders, because Allison, you, me, Charlie, everybody out there, we were once little people at one point, and that inner child still lives. So again, this book is for everybody. Um, it's, it's to tap into and celebrate youth, childhood, um, and the fullness of the human experience through that perspective. That was my conversation with Emory University professor Carita L. Brown and artist Charlie Palmer about the new Brownies book, A Love Letter to Black Families. They'll be in town talking about the book at the Schomburg on February 12th and also at the Village Preservation Society on February 13th. One more note about the New York Public Library, our partners for our Get Lit with All of It book club event. If you haven't already, you should dive into our February choice, Tananarive Dew's The Reformatory. Because of our partners at the New York Public Library, New Yorkers can get their e-copy to read along with us. And don't forget to mark your calendars for February 28th when I'll be in conversation with Tanana Du about the Reformatory. Of course, we have a musical guest. We'll let you know who that is tomorrow. And that is all of it from WNYC. I'm Alice Stewart. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you. I will meet you back here tomorrow. NYC Now delivers breaking news, top headlines, and in-depth coverage from WNYC and Gothamist every morning, midday, and evening. By sponsoring our programming, you'll reach a community of passionate listeners in an uncluttered audio experience. Visit sponsorship.wnyc.org to learn more.